Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hey. Hey. If y'all ain't get it right now, this is my favorite holiday of the year. Okay. I hate. I'm excited. I hope y'all enjoying y'all Christmas. The Christmas break whenever y'all decide to listen to this episode. I hope y'all had a great day. I hope y'all had a great holiday. <laughs> yes. I can't wait to open my presents as of right now. Me recording this, I ain't open no presents yet. Ain't nobody eat yet, ain't nothing happening yet. The only thing that occurs so far is the Christmas jammy. You feel me? But today I'll be telling a Christmas story that I feel everyone should hear, including myself, because I've never heard this one. I've only read the about section like what the story is about like the summary kind of thing and I was like yes I feel like this is a story that everyone that listens to my podcast should hear and it was interesting to me so if you want to keep up with the podcast you can follow us on everything at 5w phantom for business inquiries it's 5w phantom at gmail.com and to follow me your internet best friend on everything i'm neo phantom and on instagram i'm the neo phantom instagram just wanted to be different without any further delay let's get into the story it's titled the gift of the magi by o henry <laughs> o henry get it let me stop being corny it says one dollar and 87 cents that was all and 60 cents of it was pennies. Pennies saved one and two at a time by bulldozing the grocer and the vegetable man and the butcher until one's cheeks burned with the silent imputation of parsimony that such clothes dealing implied. Three times Della counted, $1.87. The next day would be Christmas. There was clearly nothing to do but flop down on the shabby little couch and howl, so Della did it. Which instigates the moral reflection that life is made up of sobs, sniffles, and smiles, with sniffles predominating. While the mistress of the home was gradually subsiding from the first stage to the second, take a look at the home. A furnished flat at $8 per week. It did not exactly beggar description, but it certainly had that word on the lookout for the what the hell these some words they throwing around hey, these some words I never had in my life slow down bucko let me, let me read that over it did not exactly beggar description but it certainly had that word on the lookout for the mendicancy squad god damn in the vestibule below was a letter box into which no letter would go and an electric button from which no mortal finger could coax a ring also appertaining thereunto was a card bearing the name mr james dillingham young the dillingham had been flung to the breeze during a former period of prosperity when its processor when its possessor sorry this helped me Turn upside down reading this right now. When his possessor was being paid $30 per week. Now, when the income was shrunk to $20, though, 
they were thinking seriously of contracting to a modest and unassuming D. But whenever Mr. James Dillingham Young came home and reached his flat, above he was called Jim. Okay, so reached his flat above he was called Jim. And greatly hugged by Mr. James Dillingham Young, already introduced to you as Della, which is all very good. Della finished her cry and attended to her cheeks with the powder rag. She stood by the window and looked out dully at a gray cat walking a gray fence in a gray backyard. Tomorrow would be Christmas Day and she had only $1.87 with which to buy Jim a present. She had been saving every penny she could for months with this result. $20 a week doesn't go far. Expenses had been greater than she had calculated. They always are. Only $1.87 to buy a present for Jim. Her Jim. Many a happy hour she had spent planning for something nice for him. Something fine and rare and sterling. Something just a little bit near to being worthy of the honor of being owned by Jim. There was a pier glass between the windows of the room. Perhaps you have seen a pier glass in an $8 flat. A very thin and very agile person may, by observing his reflection in a rapid sequence of longitudinal strips, obtain a fairly accurate conception of his looks. God damn. Is this an essay to get into Harvard? Come on. <laughs> Whew. Della, being slender, had mastered the art. Suddenly, she whirled from the window and stood before the glass. Her eyes were shining brilliantly, but her face had lost its color within 20 seconds. Rapidly, she pulled down her hair and let it fall to its full length. Now, there were two possessions of the James Dillingham. James Dillingham Youngs, sorry, in which they both took a mighty pride. One was Jim's gold watch that had been his father's and grandfather's. The other was Della's hair. Had the queen of Sheba lived in the flat across the air shaft, Della would have let her hair hang out the window some day to dry, just to depreciate her majesty's jewels and gifts. Had King Solomon been the janitor, with all his treasures piled up in the basement, Jim would have pulled out his watch every time he passed, just to see him pluck at his beard from envy. So now, Della's beautiful hair fell about her, rippling and shining like a cascade of brown waters. It reached below her knee and made itself almost a garment for her, and then she did it up again nervously and quickly. Once she faltered for a minute and stood still, while a terror or two splashed on the worn red carpet. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Oh, Henry, I thought we was cool. I thought we was cool, but the way you moving right now is like you trying to you trying to shame me, you trying to humiliate me. I don't know if it's me and my listeners, but I know for sure that I lost. Now, if I didn't read that about section, I wouldn't have known where the story was going. But let's let's keep pushing on. <laughs> if not, I could tell you what the about section say afterwards. We could debunk this. We could see if what they say add up to this story. On went her old brown jacket. On went her old brown hat. 
With a whirl of skirts and with the brilliant sparkle still in her eyes, she fluttered out the door and down the stairs to the street. So I'm guessing she's going out to buy that present for Jim, her husband, after just crying, bawling her eyes out because she only have a dollar and 87 cents and she don't know what the hell she's going to purchase for him. All right, boom. That's where I feel like we are right now in the story. Where she stopped, the sign read, May Sofroni, hair goods of all kinds. One flight up, Delaran and collected herself panting. Herself panting. My apologies. Madame, large, too white, chilly, hardly looked, the Sofroni. Will you buy my hair? asked Stella. I buy hair, said Madame. Take your hat off and let's have a sight of the looks of it. Okay, so this person is in English. Good, because I couldn't understand what that store name was. Moving along. Down rippled the brown cascade. $20, said Madame, lifting the mask with a practiced hand. Give it to me quick, said Della. Oh, and the next two hours tripped on rosy wings. Forget the hashed metaphor. She was ransacking the stores for Jim's present. So, right now she up $21.87, just to keep y'all updated, because I don't know if it's just me who lost. She found it at last. It surely had been made for Jim and no one else. There was no other like it in any of the stores, and she had turned all of them inside out. It was a platinum fob chain, simple and chaste in design, properly looking properly proclaiming its value by substance alone and not by meretricious ornamentation. As all good things should do, it was even worthy of the watch. As soon as she saw it, she knew that it must be Jim. It was like him. Quietness and value. The description applied to both. $21 they took from her for it, and she hurried home with 87 cents. With that chain on, with that chain on his watch, Jim might, Jim might be properly anxious about the time in any company. Grand as the watch was, he sometimes looked at it on the sly on account of the old leather strap that he used in place of a chain. When Della reached home, her intoxication gave way a little to prudence and reason. Gave, a, gave way a little to prudence and reason. They don't have no punctuation there, so I puzzled, okay? She got out her curling irons and lighted the gas and went to work repairing the ravages made by generosity added to love, which is always a tremendous task, their friends, a mammoth task. Within 40 minutes, her head was covered with tiny, close-lying curls that made her look wonderfully like a truant schoolboy. She looked at her reflection in the mirror long, carefully and critically. If Jim doesn't kill me, she said to herself, before he takes a second look at me, he'll say I look like a Coney Island chorus girl. But what could I do? What could I do with a dollar and 87 cents? At seven o'clock, the coffee was made and the frying pan was on the back of the stove, hot and ready to cook the chops. <laughs> I feel like I missed a chop that all. Jim was never late. Della doubled the fob chain in her hand and sat on the corner of the table near the door that he always entered. Then she heard a step on the stairway stairway down on the first flight and she turned white for just a moment. She had a habit of saying a little silent prayer about the simplest everyday things. And now she whispered, 
hopefully it's gone make me think i am still pretty so guys <laughs> update let's just box her just to keep y'all seen she had only one dollar and 87 cents okay we already established that so what she did was sell her long and luscious curly grumpy however it is hair for twenty dollars for her to be able to purchase Jim a proper gift. That, after selling her hair, she had $21.87, which she spent on a chain for Jim, leaving her with 87 cents up to now. She curled her hair, she's home alone, she already cooked by the looks of it, and she's waiting at the dinner table for Jim to get home. She curled her hair, she makes it look pretty, make it look nice, though it says she looks like a schoolboy. She's hoping, sitting at the table, hoping a brain that Jim still thinks she's beautiful after her making that sacrifice for him to have a nice Christmas, have something nice for Christmas. So, moving along, the door opened and Jim stepped in and closed it. He looked thin and very serious. Poor fellow, he was only 22. And to be burdened with a family, he needed a new overcoat and he was without gloves. Jim stopped inside the door as immovable as a setter at the scent of quail. His eyes were fixed upon Della and there was an expression in them that she could not read and it terrified her. It was not anger, nor surprise, nor disapproval, not horror, nor any of the sentiments that she had been prepared for. He simply stared at her fixedly with a peculiar expression on his face. Della wriggled off the table and went for him. Jim, darling, she cried. Don't look at me that way. I had my hair cut off and sold because I couldn't have lived through Christmas without giving you a present. It'll grow out again. You won't mind, will you? I just had to do it. My hair grows awfully fast. Say Merry Christmas, Jim, and let's be happy. You don't know what a nice, what a beautiful, nice gift I've got for you. You've cut off your hair, asked Jim, laboriously, as if he had not arrived at that patent fact yet, even after the hardest mental labor. Cut it off and sold it, said Della. Don't you like me just as well, anyhow? I'm me without my hair, ain't I? Jim looked about the room. Curiously, you say your hair is gone, he said, with an air almost of idiocy. You needn't look for it, said Della. It's sold, I tell you. Sold and gone too. It's Christmas Eve, boy. Be good to me, for it went for you. Maybe the hairs on my head were numbered. She went on with sudden serious sweetness. But nobody could ever count my love for you. Shall I put the chops on Jim? So it's still Christmas Eve. All right, boom. She's saying her hair ain't worth the... It ain't add up to the amount of love that she had for Jim. Meaning she don't mind cutting her hair off and selling it for him to be happy, you feel me? Because she loves him. Out of his trance, Jim seemed quickly to wake. He enfolded his Della. For ten seconds, let us regard with the discreet scrutiny some incon Jesus inconsequential object in the other direction. Eight dollars a week. Or a million a year was the difference. A mathematician or a wit would give you the wrong answer. The Magi brought valuable. I say in a word with too much. 
to the books. The Magi brought valuable gifts, but that was not among them. This dark assertion will be illuminated later on. Jim drew a package from his overcoat pocket and threw it upon the table. Don't make any mistake, Dell, he said. About me, I don't think there's anything in the way of a haircut or a shave or a shampoo that could make me like my girl any less. Preach! Preach, Jim. Preach, Jim. <laughs> okay, because I thought this was good. So I thought he wasn't going to like how she looked with it and it would have gone all along. And she made that sacrifice for no reason. But anywho, <laughs> he said, but if you will unwrap that package, you may see why you had me going a while at first. White fingers and nimble toward the string and paper, and then an ecstatic scream of joy, and then, alas, a quick feminine change to hysterical tears and wheels. Ne necessitating, almost slip up, for their late, hold on necessitating the immediate employment of all the comforting powers of the lord of the flat okay for there lay the combs the set of combs side and back that Della had worshipped long in a broadway window beautiful combs pure tortoise shell with jeweled rims oh flip just the shade to wear in the beautiful vanished hair there were expensive combs she knew and her heart had simply craved and yearned over them without the least hope of possession. And now they were hers. But the tresses that should have adorned the coveted adornments were gone. But she hugged them to her bosom. And at length, she was able to look up with dim eyes and a smile and say, My hair grows so fast, Jim. And then Della leaped up like a little cinched cat and cried. Hallowed. Jim had not yet seen his beautiful present. She held it out to him eagerly upon her open palm. The dull, precious metal seemed to flash with the reflection of a bright and ardent spirit. Isn't it a dandy, Jim? I hunted all over town to find it. You will have to look at the time a hundred times a day now. Give me your watch. I wanted to see how it looks on it. Instead of obeying, Jim tumbled down on the couch and put his hand under the back of his head and smiled. Del, said he, let's put our Christmas presents away and keep them a while. They're too nice to just use at present. I sold the watch to get to money. Oh! Oh! <laughs> They're too nice to just use at present. I sold the watch to get the money to buy her combs. And now suppose you put the chops on. Oh, flip. Baby, Oh, I, I in a daze and all. Like, mother rip. I was calling my boyfriend. He ain't even in here. That's how shook I is, boo. The Magi, as you know, were wise men. Wonderfully wise men who brought gifts to the babe in the manger. They invented the art of giving Christmas presents. Being wise, their gifts were no doubt wise ones, possibly bearing the, the privilege of exchange in case of duplication. And here I have lamely related to you the uneventful chronicle of two foolish children in a flat who most unwisely sacrificed for each other the greatest treasures of their house. But in a last word to the wise of these days, let it be said that of all who give gifts, these two were the wisest. Of all who give and receive gifts, such as they are wisest. Basically, she 
cut her hair off and sell it to buy Jim a gift. Pause her to buy Jim a gift. Okay, boom. The gift that Jim bought for her were combs meant to adorn her hair that she just cut off and sacrificed to buy his gift. Now he, Jim, sacrificed his watch to purchase her combs for her hair that she just cut off to get his chain for his watch that he sold to get. Listen, listen. So they both sacrificed something that meant a lot to them and that was worth a lot to them. They sacrificed that for the other to have a nice Christmas. Christmas ain't all about gifts, but it's like the extent that they went to to make sure their partners had a Christmas. In all, they both made sacrifices for the other to have not necessarily a Christmas because you could have a Christmas with just family, them this evening dinner, enjoying itself. But they went to that extent for their partner to have a gift to open at least on Christmas. You feel me? Yeah, it was a nice story. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was funny trying to debunk it and piece everything together. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you all stayed with me. I hope you guys have a beautiful Christmas. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your food. Don't let nobody tell you y'all supposed to only have one plate. You feel me? Eat all you could eat. Fill your stomach. Don't be hungry this Christmas if you don't have to. You feel me? That's it. And that's all. I love y'all. See y'all next episode.